Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, what's up? And welcome to today's episode of Build Your Tribe. In today's episode, I thought we'd change things up a little bit, have some fun and answer some Q&A questions. I put up one of those question box stickers on my Instagram stories and received a couple hundred questions. And I've compiled some of the most frequently asked questions, the most common concerns that people have, put them into this list, and I'm going to be answering them all for you right now. These are not in order of most frequently asked, but these are just in order of when I saw them and when I answered them. So let's go through it. Should you change your Instagram username, if possible, to match your real life name? What I'll say about this one is that generally speaking, I would recommend having your name as your username. Now, of course, if you have a brick and mortar business, like a physical location boutique, for example, well, then I would recommend that your Instagram name be the boutique rather than your personal name. But for most people on social media, if you're trying to build a personal brand, if you're a direct seller, a network marketer, if you're a real estate agent, whatever it may be, it's probably best to have your name as the username. Because that way, when you're meeting someone in person, you don't have to say, oh, hey, I'm Fit Fabulous Funky 17. I follow you. Or, hey, you should check me out on Instagram. I'm Fabulous Unicorn 94. You can say, hey, check me out on Instagram. I'm Brock 11 Johnson. Check me out on IG. I'm Shaleen.Johnson. I'm the Shaleen Johnson. I'm Shaleen Johnson official. Adding those little things to you, your username can help you find usernames that have your name, your real life name in them. Next question, why are my photo posts and my carousels not getting as many impressions as they used to? The reason for this one is in simple and in short, because Instagram is currently favoring reels over everything else. Instagram has announced this. They've said this many times, and we've been reporting this here at Build Your Tribe for months, if not years. Video is king, and on Instagram, reels are the best kind of content that you can be posting. And so it's not necessarily that Instagram is throttling the reach of other things, but just that people only have so much attention. People only spend so much time on Instagram and only see so many posts per day. So by prioritizing things like reels, things like photos and carousels get less views, less impressions, and less engagement. Another question that I got on my Instagram stories was, how do I post videos to my stories? Are they pre-recorded? Do I batch them? Like, how am I going about that? And this one surprised me because I thought that this one was something that everyone knew and everyone practiced, but I was very wrong based off the amount of responses that I got to this answer, which is that I record 99% of my stories in the moment, real time. And I understand that this might not be possible for everyone, but generally speaking, I don't recommend that you pre-record or batch produce your stories. That's not what stories are for. I'd much rather have you only post two to three stories a day because that's all you can realistically post in the moment than trying to pre-record so that you have 20 batched stories per day. Stories are supposed to be in the moment focused on documentation rather than creation. They shouldn't be some highly curated, edited, put together professional video or, you know, text post that you made on Canva. They should be something that's like, hey, 
Here's what's going on in my life right now. I'm gonna snap a quick picture. I'm gonna take a quick video and I'm gonna share that to my Instagram stories. The next question, and this is a really common myth on Instagram, is how many words does a comment have to be in order for it to count as engagement? And the really popular myth around this one is that comments only count if they're four words or longer. And that's just not true. That is 100% not true. There has been zero data, zero statistics that have proven this is true. Instagram has shown us that this is true. The algorithm proves that this isn't true. All comments count. I don't care if it's an emoji. I don't care if it's a spam comment. All comments count as comments. Now, do longer comments count for more? Yes, because a longer comment means that someone was on your post for longer. They had to spend more time with your post and write their longer comment. It's a more heavily weighted engagement, but there's no cutoff that Instagram draws the line and says, hey, if this comment's only three words, it doesn't count. It's not a real comment. It's not gonna count towards your engagement. All comments count and all comments matter. Another question that I got, and I really thought this was a great question, was does my content specifically vary from the weekdays to the weekends? This was such a great question, and my answer is, of course, going to be specific to me, but I think it's going to be beneficial for you to hear as well. Yes, my content does slightly differ from the weekdays to the weekends. Typically, on Saturday and Sunday, I get less engagement. That's just me. I know plenty of people who get more engagement on the weekends, but for me, I get less engagement on Saturday and Sundays. I get less views and less reach. I also have seen that people watch my content for a shorter length of time. People spend less time with my posts on the weekends. So with that information in mind, I have changed my content on Saturday and Sundays to be shorter and more to the point. Rather than posting a long educational tutorial, rather than sharing something that's like really complex and technical, on the weekends, I try to keep it light, topical, maybe I'll make it funny, maybe it'll be a motivational or inspirational quote, kind of a reminder type of thing, but I don't like to do my long educational valuable tutorials on the weekends because I just know that less people are going to see them and the people who are going to be seeing them aren't going to be watching for long because they want to get back to watching the game or grilling with their family or chilling with their kids, whatever it may be. So yes, my content does slightly differ from the weekdays to the weekends. Next question, should my reels be shared to the feed and the reels tab or only to the reels tab? If you're not familiar with this setting, basically right before you post on Instagram, it's automatically turned on that your reels will automatically be shared to the feed and to the reels tab, but you can select to turn that off. That will essentially show your reels to less of your followers and less in your followers' feeds. Now, why would you wanna do this? You might want to do this if you experience low engagement. If your followers aren't very engaged to begin with, then you might want to experiment with only sharing to the Reels tab. So I can't give you a one-size-fits-all answer, but just like everything else, what I'm gonna recommend is that you test both options. Test sharing to the feed and the Reels tab, and then test only sharing to the Reels tab. And whichever one does better, lean into that and stick with that for your future Reels. Next question, should you delete spam comments? Well, of course, you have every right to. You can delete and block comments. And I even know that some people have enabled this feature that Instagram provides where you can 
block any comments that include certain words. So for example, some people will block the word Forex or they'll block the name of certain common spammers or whatever, or they'll block the word Bitcoin or they'll block the phrase DM for collab, which is a really common spam phrase. That way they don't get any spam comments to begin with. But here's my opinion on things. Like I said, you have every right to block spammers and delete their comments. But from an algorithmic perspective, it does not hurt and it only helps your account to get a spam comment because, like I said earlier, a comment is a comment. Even a spam comment counts as a positive engagement. So I like to use those otherwise negative or annoying situations where you get a spam comment and turn it into a positive by responding. So when I get a spam comment, I like to say something sarcastic or be like, okay, yeah, totally. Where do I send my social security number? Or wow, you made $30,000 in one week and you're still commenting on my Instagram? Totally, sign me up, sounds legit. Or just something sarcastic like that. And then people laugh at it and then people respond to my response. And then now that spam comment, instead of turning from one to zero because I deleted it, it turns from one into many because I responded and I now got my audience to engage as well. Next question, what would be my best piece of advice for someone who's just starting out? Like someone with less than 100 followers, just started a brand new Instagram, what would my advice be? Well, step one and step two are the same for everyone. Pick and identify your niche. And then step two, optimize your profile so that when someone lands on your profile, they are more likely to follow you. We've done past Build Your Tribe episodes about that. So if you want more in-depth tutorials or or conversations about niche and optimized profiles, you can scroll through BYT and find some other episodes about that. Then step three, which is the real advice for someone specifically who's just getting started, is post a ton without even worrying about how those posts do. During this season of your Instagram life, the goal is to improve your quality to find your groove with content, and to refine your skills. The goal is not to make amazing posts. The goal is not to grow a crazy amount or make sales. When you're first getting started or when you're first starting over, essentially what you're doing is you're practicing. And the best way to practice on Instagram is by posting a lot. So don't worry about the results. Don't worry about how many likes or how many followers you're getting. Just start practicing, start refining your skills, and start improving your content creation. Next question, why don't I have the pin feature? Or really, why don't I have the insert any feature feature? And I asked a poll actually on this question. I said, how many of you don't have access to a feature that you're aware of someone else having? And 75% of people said, yeah, there's a feature that one of my friends has that I don't have. Here's the reason. There are over a billion people on Instagram and we're using hundreds of different devices. There's like eight different iPhones alone that can run the most updated version of Instagram. Not to mention that Instagram is available on desktop. Not to mention the hundreds of bajillions of Android devices that all have to be able to run Instagram simultaneously. And there's over a billion users on Instagram. Put that all together and you're going to get a lot of glitches and bugs and malfunctions, especially at the rate that Instagram rolls out new features. So if you don't have a new feature, make sure your phone's up to date. Make sure your app is up to date. And besides that, just sit back and wait patiently for the feature to reach your account. There's no special way that you can unlock it. Next question. In my opinion, what is the most underrated feature on Instagram? I think it's the direct messages, and I think it's not even close. 
Instagram continues to pour money and resources and time into improving the DMs. And from every business owner that I talk to, the biggest feature on Instagram that they appreciate the most over any other app is the direct messages. The direct messages are where relationships are formed, where trust is built, and where sales happen. The DMs are, in my opinion, the most underrated feature on Instagram. We spend so much time talking about reels and captions and hashtags and stories and all those things are great, but the DMs are flipping powerful. Next question. How do I feel about being a part of growth groups? This is an absolute no. Engagement groups, growth pods, follow trains, like for like situations, or those paid organic growth in air quotes services where they say like, hey, paid $19.99 and we will guarantee you a thousand new followers in the next 24 hours. By definition, that's not organic growth. I don't care how organic these followers are that they promise you, they're not real followers. They're bots. Both B-O-T as in robots and B-O-U-G-H-T as in bot as in you paid for them. It's not organic growth. Do not buy followers. Do not buy engagement. Do not do follow and follow. Do not join engagement groups or engagement pods, follow trains. Any of these things are absolute hard no's. Next question. And this one kind of made me chuckle. They said, could my reel go viral if I posted it at 2 a.m.? And I said, well, maybe, like, I don't, I don't know. It could, it could, it could go viral. If you post at 2 a.m., it could go viral. If you post at 2 p.m., there have been reels that have gone viral in the middle of the night. It's definitely possible, but let's understand the algorithm here. If you want more views, you have to get more engagement. When Instagram sees that more people are engaging with your content, they will show your content to more people. And at 2 a.m., it's not very likely that very many people are going to be on Instagram and actively engaging with your content. So that might not be the best time to post, but you never know. You also could be the only person in the world posting at 2 a.m. So maybe anyone who is on Instagram is going to see it and they are going to engage. I don't know. It could work out. Most likely, I wouldn't recommend posting at 2 a.m., but could it go viral? Sure, it absolutely could. Next question. Should you share your reels to your stories? Yep. Always. Stories views count, so I always recommend sharing your reels to your stories. Next question. How do I feel about boosting content? In my opinion, boosting content and running ads can be very helpful. And when it's done effectively, it can be a serious pillar for your business's growth and for making sales. But it is also not necessary. Running ads and boosting your content is not necessary for growth or for sales. In our business, in the Insta Club Hub, we run ads. That is a fact. But another fact is that our organic marketing, also known as talking about the Insta Club Hub on our Instagram stories, promoting it in our feed, direct messaging people about it, or even mentioning it here on the Build Your Tribe podcast, is far more effective than our paid advertising. Also, moreover, less than 0.1% of my followers are from ads or from boosted posts. So again, it's not necessary in order to grow. Hey, I just wanted to interrupt really quickly to let y'all know that the Insta Club Hub is open and available for registration. The Insta Club Hub is my mom and I's Instagram coaching membership where you can learn exactly what you need to know about Instagram. Now, to be totally transparent, you can learn everything you could ever want to know about Instagram in the Insta Club Hub. We literally answer every question ever. 
about Instagram in the club, but that's not our goal. Our goal is to help you learn what you need to know. How does the algorithm actually work? How can you use Instagram to your advantage to start growing a following and start building your customer base from Instagram in less than an hour a day? We want to help you save time and make money from Instagram. There's a link down in the show notes, or you can just visit instaclubhub.com to finally start winning at Instagram by tomorrow. Next question. Do I delete ghost followers or inactive followers or followers who I think might not be a part of my ideal audience or followers who I think might not be real people? No, no, I don't. And I don't recommend that you do either. And here's why. There has not been shown to be any benefit to blocking or deleting ghost followers. There was a thought, a hypothesis from some people that if you remove ghost followers and you block these people, then that will improve your engagement rate and it will help you grow. And on paper, that makes sense. The theory makes sense. But the problem is you would have to block and remove so many followers to make a substantial difference in your engagement rate. Even if you have like 300 followers, you would have to block a lot of people in order to make a significant impact on your engagement rate. So it hasn't been shown to be beneficial at all. It has actually been shown to hurt your account because if you are blocking that many people, Instagram is like, whoa, what's going on here? Why did Chelsea just lose 300 followers? Why did Shannon just go from 3,000 to 2,000 followers? Why are they dropping in followers? And they assume, and they, I'm saying the algorithm, the algorithm assumes that it's your content or people aren't liking your stuff or your page has just gone to crap or whatever. So Instagram and the algorithm will stop showing your posts to as many people and they'll stop recommending your account to new potential followers. So not only does it not help you, it actually hurts you and it wastes your flipping time. Why would you spend hours of your time combing through your list of followers to block people who you think might not be part of your ideal audience. Now, of course, there are exceptions to every rule. And, you know, if like someone's following you and it makes you really uncomfortable, or let's say you run an Instagram account for your child who's under the age of 18 and a creepy random dude starts following them. By all means, if they make you uncomfortable, if you want to, block them or remove them. But from an algorithmic perspective, from a growth and sales perspective, it does not benefit you at all and it actually hurts you to block and remove fake followers. Not to mention, you don't know if that person who doesn't have a profile picture and hasn't posted in seven years is actually really active with engaging with other people. And if that person was actually going to be your next customer, but you just blocked them because you thought that they were a ghost account. Next question, are trends getting more reach than original audios, as in like recording reels with your own voice? Not anymore. Original audios are actually now preferred four to one over trending audios. According to recent surveys, people far prefer original audio content, recording things with your own voice rather than trending audios. Next question, should you delete reels that have a low amount of views or engagement? In my opinion, no. Absolutely not. In my opinion, that's letting your ego and your pride win. If your reel glitches or it malfunctions or like the audio gets deleted and your reel is no longer consumable, like it just doesn't make sense anymore, the text gets all wonky and you can't even read it, sure, delete that reel because it serves no purpose anymore. But if you're deleting it just because it got low engagement, that reel still served a purpose. That reel still proved to your audience that you're consistent. 
That reel, even if it got one view, that one view might have made a real impact for that person. It might have been the difference for that person between becoming a customer of yours or not. It might have been the reel that made someone decide to follow you. It might be a reel that goes viral a week or a month or a year from now. So just leave it. I know it's tempting. I know our ego gets bruised sometimes, but just leave it. Next question. How do you choose between Instagram and TikTok? You don't. You do both because they're both very important growth platforms. They're both very central social media platforms and they're both here to stay. And the content is so similar. You might as well post the same things on both platforms. Next question. Why do my Reels bonuses shoot up to over $100 within the first day or two, but then they kind of plateau for the rest of the month? The reason for this, and this is actually directly from Instagram, is that they incentivize you to post more reels by giving you a bonus at the beginning of the month. Essentially, in those first few days, Instagram pushes you up over $100 so that you get excited and start posting more reels. Does this mean that they are throttling you and paying you less money for the rest of the month? No. Just as you wouldn't say, let's say, for example, you got a Christmas bonus from the company you work for. You got a couple thousand dollars as a bonus right before Christmas time in December. And then January, you go back to your normal salary for this company. You wouldn't say, oh, my company is throttling my pay in January. No, you recognize that they're just returning you to your baseline pay. And what you got before was a bonus. The same is true with Reels bonuses. They give you a nice kickstart at the beginning. They give you basically a free $100 on the first day. That's how I would like you to look at it. And then after that, they return you to the baseline. It's not that they're throttling your pay from day three to day 30, but rather that they're just giving you an extra boost from day one and day two. Next question was another personal opinion question, and it's, what do I find challenging about being a content creator? And if I can get real for a second, I think what I struggle with the most is differentiating and finding the line between what's authentically documenting my life and recording content and filming what I'm doing and being like personal and allowing people to see a window into my life and what's just purely enjoying the moment without feeling the need or the pressure to record it. Because like I love surfing. And I live right next to the beach, so I love going surfing all the time. But a lot of times when I go surfing, I'm like, "Mm, I should have a GoPro on my head right now, and I should be filming a surfing vlog. Mm, I should like get a waterproof case and bring my phone out here so that I could film some really cool reels while I'm on my surfboard. And part of me feels that pressure to do so, but also part of me is like, no, I just got to live in the moment. Or I feel the like guilt of like, ooh, maybe I should have filmed that because now I don't have content. So that's a struggle that I, and I think many other creators deal with, especially when you get to the point where you're sharing so much content and vlog style content and day in the life content. When you think about it, everything could be content. So having those boundaries set up is a challenge to be totally honest. Next question, does Instagram ever actually respond to support requests? I I mean, they do, but it's rare, less than 1% of the time. And just like I said earlier, there's over a billion Instagram users. There are millions of reports filed every single day. There's hundreds of thousands of people hacked every single day on Instagram. It's tough for them. I don't care how many staff members they have. I don't care how much they're paying people. It's tough for them to respond to every single support request. So to be honest, if your account gets hacked or if you have a bug or a glitch or something going wrong, best of luck to you. You're probably not going to hear back from Instagram. Next question, how do you even get paid for Reels bonuses? 
Well, Reels bonuses are only currently available to people living in the United States and people who have a professional account. A professional account means either having a business or a creator account. So if you meet those two criteria, you have a professional account and you live in the USA, then you are eligible for Reels bonuses. If you meet those two criteria, but you don't have access to Reels bonuses, then either one of two things has happened. Either you have violated Instagram's terms and policies and thus made yourself ineligible for Reels bonuses, or like I said earlier, it's just another one of those features that you just don't have access to yet, and hopefully it will be rolled out to you eventually. The next question, do I recommend responding to all comments when you receive them or wait until the future? And this comment was specifically because I shared a reel recently where I gave a cool hack that I'll share with you right now. And that hack was, whenever you share a new post on Instagram, go back to your previous post and like all of the comments. When you like the comments, it will send a notification to the people who left the comments, thus improving the odds that those people come to your account and see your most recent post. Of course, then this leads the question, well, if I'm not liking the comments right away, like I'm waiting until the next day or the next post to go like the comment, should I also wait in my response? And my answer is no. You should respond right away. Treat people like people. Have conversations. Have a follow-up question. Answer people's comments and respond to people. And that, that builds trust. That builds relationships. But the actual liking of the comment, save that for the next day. Next question. How is it possible to respond to all of your direct messages. This person said that they receive about 500 on a daily basis and that seems impossible. And my response was not to make you feel bad, but I receive a couple thousand on a daily basis. And let me tell you, it is possible to respond to every single one of them because I respond to about 95% of the messages I receive. And it's possible because number one, I use text shortcuts. So I can type three letters and an entire paragraph will appear. I use quick replies because I'm getting a lot of the same messages over and over again. That way, again, I can just type a few characters and an entire pre-typed message will appear. Number three, I have a direct message manager. I have hired someone who it is her job to manage my direct messages, filter them out, respond to the ones that she can that are frequently asked questions or that are simple responses or just saying thank you. She can also filter the ones that are important that I need to see, and she can let me know if there's something that needs my urgent attention. And then number four, I use DM automation. I use ManyChat and other tools like that to make part of my messages, at least about 5% of my DMs, automated so that that's just a little bit less that I have to manually respond to. Next question, does it matter what time you post? And actually, specifically, they said, does it matter what time you post your reels? Well, everyone's best time to post is different. And it does slightly matter. Like I talked about earlier, you know, you're more likely to get engagement at two in the afternoon than you are at two in the morning. But let me say this. I would rather have you post a reel at the quote wrong time than have you not post a reel at all. If your ideal time to post is 3 p.m. because that's when you usually get the most engagement, but you were busy at 3 p.m. and now it's 4.30, it's okay to still post. And in fact, I would recommend still posting rather than waiting until the next day. Don't skip out on consistency because you want to be perfect. You want to post at the ideal time. It's okay to post at a less than ideal time as long as you're still posting. Next question. How many reels would I suggest for a small business that is just getting started? Is one a day good enough? Well, 
one a day, sure. That, 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 that's a good goal to shoot for. I usually say that one a day is the minimum. One a day is the least that I would recommend as consistency. But if you can maintain posting more, go for it. Myself, I usually post two to three reels per day because that's what I can maintain, that's what I can sustain, and that's what's led to growth for me. So if you can maintain one a day, awesome. If you can maintain two a day, even better. If you can do three a day consistently, more power to you, keep it up. That is really, really good. The more you post, the more you grow. And I would say that one a day is a good minimum goal to shoot for. Next question, is spam liking a thing? Spam liking is the newest Instagram rumor, the newest Instagram conspiracy theory. I don't know how people come up with some of this stuff, but the idea of spam liking is really popular for some reason in the artists community. And a lot of artists have been reposting this content saying, don't spam like my posts. Basically what they're saying is don't go through and like a bunch of my posts because that hurts me somehow in the algorithm or Instagram thinks that like I purchased all of these likes and then they shadow ban me. No, 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 that's not true. There's no such thing as spam liking. Your followers are welcome to engage with and like as many of your posts as they choose to. And it will not negatively affect you if you get more engagement. That is the opposite of the truth. Next question, how important are captions? Are they really that important? Because I feel like no one reads them. And according to our studies, that's kind of true. Only 56% of people report that they even read captions. So about half of the people who we've asked this question report not even reading the caption. Additionally, only 3% of people report that they read past the second paragraph. So if you're writing a multi-paragraph caption, studies have shown that most people aren't going to be reading them. So do captions matter? Yes. But are they as important as they were before video was so heavily favored on Instagram? Probably not. Most people, in my opinion, spend too much time stressing over creating the perfect caption when instead their focus should be on improving their content. Next question. If you're not writing long captions anymore, how do you communicate long thoughts or how do you share stories or tips? In video. Reels can be up to 90 seconds long. And if you need more than a minute and a half to get your point across, then go live on Instagram or turn it into an Instagram story. But video is more engaging than photo and photo is more engaging than text. So video is far more engaging than text. So if you can provide your content or share your thoughts in a video rather than in a caption, more power to you and most likely the more engagement to you as well. Next question, how essential is it to make a unique custom cover for your reel? It's not essential. I typically just like to make sure that my cover relates to the reel so that before someone clicks on the reel, they already have an idea of what it's going to be about. I don't put a lot of time and effort into making sure that it's like a YouTube thumbnail where it's going to grab people's attention and get them to click because I know that not a ton of people are going to see the cover to begin with, but there's nothing worse than being catfished by a real cover. Like you see it and it's like a picture of a teapot and then you click on the video and then it's like someone rock climbing. Like the cover should relate to the content, but it doesn't need to be this perfected, you know, highly edited, well thought out cover. It should just have some intentionality and it should relate to the real. All right, we are about 30 minutes in now. So one last question that I got that I will answer for you is how do I create the habit of posting regular Instagram stories? And here's the five tips that I came up with. Number one, set reminders on your phone. 
whether that's a reminder that goes off every two hours or a reminder every time you get to a certain location, set reminders on your phone. Another way that you can create that habit of sharing and documenting on your Instagram stories is to put sticky notes around where you live or your work or, you know, put it on your laptop. So every time you open up your computer, you get a little reminder or stick it inside your medicine cabinet in your bathroom so that you're just constantly getting little tiny reminders throughout the day to, oh yeah, I should story something. I should document. I should post something on my stories right now. The next tip that I have for you is to create triggers within your routine. So for example, every time I pull into my driveway, I'm reminded to post a story. Every time I brush my teeth, I'm reminded to post a story. Every time I sit down at my desk to start working, I first post a story. So you you are essentially tying your documentation on stories into other things that you would be doing every single day anyways. Next is make a plan ahead of time of when you're going to record your stories and maybe even put it in your calendar. I'm going to record stories from 9 to 9.05 a.m. and 12.45 to 12.50 p.m. So I know at least twice today I'm going to be recording some stories. And then my final tip for you to make it a habit to record stories is to have an alarm literally in your phone or in your computer go off every two to three hours that just reminds you to post something on your Instagram stories. I hope you found today's episode beneficial. I know that it wasn't super specific towards any one topic, but if you enjoyed today's episode, if you found it beneficial and like you learned something, I would love to hear back from you. I would love if you left us a review on this podcast and just make sure to mention today's episode so that we know that this is what you want more of. My hope for today's episode was that you got the answers to some questions that you might not have even known to ask yourself. And I think that that can be really beneficial. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you learned something new. And as always, happy networking.